All right, welcome back, ladies and gents, to the weekly walk and talk. I hope you have had a great week so far. And uh, the sun is shining. I'm on this little aisle here today, and the wind is blowing a little bit, but uh, I've got the wind stopper on, so it should all be fine. So today, unfortunately, will be my last video for a while. Why? I'm not going to get too much into um, everything here, but I'll, I'll, I'll sort of give you a couple of summary points. You'll recall that I've mentioned a few times before how running the YouTube channel is very, very difficult. And it's not always financially rewarding either. I know most people assume that you make a fortune and you, you know, you're a millionaire off of YouTube and uh, things like that. It's just not actually correct. Yes, you can make good money from YouTube, but it's definitely not as lucrative as a lot of people think. And the biggest problem that I have on a day-to-day, -day, weekly basis is the nasty comments, the, the negative stuff all the time. I, I know you probably think, oh, well, Neil, you're being too soft. And I've talked about this quite a lot, but I'm pretty resilient. You know, I've got a pretty strong mindset. And most of the things I just, it doesn't bother me. I don't really care. But a lot of things when they're very personal and they're constant, sometimes you get a hundred nasty comments in a day. Imagine reading a hundred nasty comments in one day and a lot of personal attacks as well, or your businesses are attacked, or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And I've had the craziest stuff, everything from someone posting a pig's eyeball to the office, through to dog poo, um, just nasty letters, horrible emails all the time, people leaving negative reviews on uh, products or services that, that I have or I own, or even, you know, books. I, I mentioned that in yesterday's video, written a couple of books and people will deliberately leave negative one-star reviews or negative reviews and things like that. And then the big one over the last week was, yet again, two more people have been scammed on the channel by these people that set up accounts that most people think they're talking to me, but they're actually not. These comments uh, are not from me. Now, before you remember a year ago when all the BLM stuff was going on, people were setting up fake accounts, leaving racist comments. That caused me a lot of problems. I lost hundreds, if not thousands of subscribers um, from that. And now in the last couple of weeks, two people have been scammed again. One for $70,000, another person they didn't say, but it's their life savings, tried to sue me. It's nothing to do with me. It's not me. Last week's video was banned by YouTube straight away as soon as it was uploaded. I then had to contact the channel manager, had to edit, had to get the video back up. That's why you saw, for those of you who were on straight away and saw the video, you saw it was just black. It was just, it wouldn't load up. And then, of course, it gets demonetized. I don't earn any income from it. And, you know, you've got to think sometimes if I'm spending, let's say I put 10 hours on average into just a simple video and then I might make zero on it. Or let's say I make $300 on that video. Let's just use that example. That means that I'll earn, say, $30 per hour, which might sound very good, $30 per hour. But then when you think about all the hedge funds or the financing or the mentoring I do or working with a lot of um, big data companies for analysis on finance and the like, gosh, I'm glad you can't hear this wind because my eyes are watering already. 
then you look at that $30 per hour versus my normal rate, which is a lot more than that. You can see that a lot of time I'm actually doing these videos for people. I'm not doing these videos to make money. If I wanted to make a huge amount of money, I wouldn't be doing uh, four YouTube videos in a single week. I'd only be doing say one video a week and then I would just take on all the clients that contact the office every day and I would do that instead. So I just wanted to make sure you understand that, that I'm not doing these YouTube videos to make money from it. Yes, okay, let's be honest, I make a little bit of money, but it's not crazy money. Most of this I'm doing actually to help people. Uh, just like yesterday's video talking about the bail-ins and how they've just changed the law on this um, and look what's happened in China at the moment. They've actually now enacted bail-in in Henan province for 400,000 uh, depositors there. I don't know how many of them have been bailed in, but this is exactly what's happened. They're following the uh, World Bank rulebook there. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a moment. But also there's a lot of YouTubers at the moment that I used to watch who aren't posting. And I contact them, I speak to them, I've spoken to no uh, numerous ones, probably six or seven of them over the phone or over Telegram as well. And just ask, hey, why isn't your channel running? Why aren't you posting? And it's for the exact same reasons that I've just mentioned. And YouTube doesn't take care of this. It doesn't deal with these problems where you're getting all this hatred or you're getting just comments nonstop. And it's not always about you. It can be about your family. It can be about, you know, your wife or your kids, or it can be people threatening to do stuff to you. Um, I've had that as well. I've had someone come up to me in the street. I've actually had that twice. I've had people come to the office when I was in the UK. Um, I've had all sorts of things. Now, of course, YouTube can't solve things like that, but they can stop all the scammers that are um, leading to a lot of problems for YouTubers. They can stop a lot of the hatred and the nasty comments as well. And I think people forget that you know, you, you see it as you talking to me if you're leaving a nasty comment or, you know, being high, highly critical or whatever. And that's fine. As I've always said, I don't care if people are critical because I see that as a positive thing because I can learn and grow from it. But you can't learn and grow from a personal attack that's based on nothing to do with your content. So I've got a couple of friends at the moment who have stopped YouTube. You might know some of them and they're, and they're really struggling really struggling with uh, mental health and, and problems like this at the moment because of everything that's happening. And again, one of them is being sued at the moment because um, they were scammed on his channel. Even though it was nothing to do with him, YouTube should have stopped that. They should have stopped all these scammers. But as soon as you block one of these scammers, five more accounts pop up. They've just got them already pre-populated, ready to go. So there's, there's, it's very, very difficult. So what is the solution then? And I've contacted YouTube. I've actually been on a call with their tech team. I've told them exactly what to do, what sort of code they can use and what sort of parameters they can use to actually stop all of these scammers. But they just don't do it. Why? I have absolutely no idea. I couldn't tell you why, but they just don't do it. Now, the other thing that happened on Wednesday was that someone called the office what, pretending to be someone else so they could speak to me. So anyway, I got on the call with this guy, no idea who he was. And this guy was an absolute psychopath. And I mean a psychopath. So here was his gripe from this week. I said, and I talked about, oh, we've got a plane taking off behind. <laughs> I, I basically said, 
that in terms of wealth inequality and leveling, what actually happens is that the rich have more to lose in a leveling than the poor do. And um, so, so basically this guy went absolutely psycho. And I won't even tell you what he threatened to do about that comment. And here's what I don't get. If you look at it mathematically, let's say someone has a million in the bank and um, there's bail-ins and there's all sorts of stuff like the Great Depression and you lose 80%, right? So that person would lose 800,000 of their million. They've still got money, they're still wealthy, but they've lost 800,000. Someone who might say has 10,000 in the bank and they lose 80%, they've lost 8,000. So mathematically, the statement is correct. The rich have more to lose in a leveling than the poor do. But now if we look at it emotionally, that, that isn't what the statement's about. Emotionally, the poor would become even poorer and it would be absolutely devastating for the poor. Of course, there's, there's no dispute about that. And I've talked about that a lot of times as well uh, when we've discussed these sort of things and wealth inequality. And I think most people know that I'm not for the rich. I don't know where all this stuff keeps coming from, that I'm for the rich and all this. If I'm for the rich, why would I be exposing them all the time? Why would I be exposing all these scandals and the scams that all of these banks do? It, it doesn't make any sense. If I were for the rich, wouldn't I work 24-7 in a hedge fund or a finance or a bank, corporate bank, commercial bank, something like that? Why would I do YouTube videos where sometimes I don't make a penny, other times I make two, three hundred dollars from a video? Why would I do that? It makes absolutely no sense. Now, I do want to get into some news on this video since it is the weekly walk and talk. So I've got a couple of points here and I think this links into the way I'm feeling as well about the world at the moment. It's just getting a little bit too crazy. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that? There's just this feeling in the air. There's stuff going a little bit too crazy at the moment in the world. And because we've been in it and watching it so much, it's hard to see it. But if you actually take a step back, and that's why I'm gonna take a little bit of a break for a while, you can actually see what's going on. So all of this stuff, this social unrest and these riots and protests are accelerating massively. So who have we got now? Sudan is now rioting. So there's been a lot of people killed. Numbers are anywhere from 70 to 100 people, but it could be more by the time this video actually comes out. We've got Panama as well. Panama has exploded. And again, this is what happens when you have this very, very high wealth inequality combined with inflation, which is, is a lot of it deliberate, not all of it. Some of it is from other shocks, the breakdown of globalization, but currency printing is deliberate. No one can argue that currency creation, pumping it into the economy, is an accident and that an economist doesn't know that's going to cause inflation later on. Obviously it is. And then of course we've got what's going on in China as well. And it's not just the fact that there's tanks in the street in, in China to stop these riots, which is outrageous. But you also have what's going on with the housing developers as well, where they're now accepting food or commodities for down payments like, you know, wheat and garlic and things like this, they're accepting now as down payments to buy homes. And we're just seeing more and more anger in the world. We're seeing it pretty much everywhere. Um, look at the USA, for example. 
and the politicians are blamed. If you look at all these grocery stores and you look at a lot of these businesses that are closing and they're saying the reason why, they're telling the government and their leaders, the politicians, the council members, local government, the city, etc. They're telling them that the reason is due to the high levels of crime and that the police, well, it's not even the police, it's that the laws are very relaxed on the criminals, allowing them to get away with a lot of stuff. Like, you know, we covered it before the shoplifting in San Francisco, where the police just won't even deal with it. People walking in, grabbing hundreds of dollars worth of stuff and walking out. The security guard won't deal with it either because he doesn't want to go to, to prison or get sued or whatever for assault by trying to stop someone from stealing. It's absolutely crazy. And that's another point actually. When I made that video covering crime statistics in the USA, the truth on the crime statistics, not all this fake stuff they're putting out. Again, shadow banned video, no ad revenue. And I get a black mark against my name for that video where I'm talking about all the crime that's been going on and all the carjackings, the violence, the shootings, the um, crimes against women, because I can't use the word on this platform, all the, all the child, you know what, as well. <clears throat> Again, another word I can't use on this platform. You know, just talking about all of this stuff and getting the videos banned. A couple of other things then, Mario Draghi of Italy has now quit. Um, Again, that was another thing I took some heat over saying that, why he was quitting and that he would quit. And I love, I love my Italian subscribers. They're funny uh, people, very supportive, but very fiery at the same time, upset that I said the stuff about, about him. But uh, he has now gone. So guys, let me know what you think now. <laughs> now, the other thing that's quite negative this week is the IMF has just given Kenya a $235 million loan. Not good, not good at all. You do not want your country to be in debt to the IMF. But again, this is the way it is going. Everyone's getting into debt. And look, this is globalization. This is going towards a one world currency, a one world government. You're gonna get trapped by it. So many countries are getting trapped by it. And I'm just so glad that I've somewhat exited the big cities and getting involved with you know, the repercussions of a lot of this stuff. But look, none of us are really ever gonna escape it completely. Yeah, we can be on our homestead or our farm or something like that, but we're never gonna escape all of this 100%. Now onto a bit of politics then. We have got, we're down to the last two now in the new prime minister race for the UK between Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. Both of them are part of the WEF and they don't even dispute it. <laughs> right, that's the funny thing. The WEF or any of them don't even dispute the fact that they are young leaders. And even the new Prime Minister of Sri Lanka as well, he is a WEF young leader. Well, not a young leader, but he's, he's, a, he's a leader. He's part of the WEF. So Sri Lankans, they've just replaced one guy for another. And that's what's gonna happen in the UK. You're replacing Boris Johnson for another one of these people. And they're both bad options. Rishi and Liz. In fact, if, if Liz Truss, you, you've already heard, this is not me saying it, this is her saying it. She wants to go to war with Russia. She actually wants military conflict between the British military and Russia, but not just Russia, also China. She wants to create a coalition to actually take on China. Now, are these the sort of thoughts or statements from a peacetime kind of 
prime minister, someone that wants peace. And we know about Rishi already. Oh, I took the wrong path here. I'm not sure where I'm walking. <laughs> um, and we know about Rishi already. And, you know, a lot of the stuff with the taxes and his wife and the furlough grants and, you know, a lot of these grants for the businesses that were, uh, then the businesses were closed and they owe HMRC all this tax and also there's so much scandal there um you know and again people get upset when i talk about rishi and his wife they say well okay so what if his his wife has been tax avoiding and owed millions and all this what's that got to do with him what what's that got to do with him you are the people that you associate with and it's not much better in the usa either where you've got pelosi who's just made another one of the greatest sort of investments or trades with the semiconductors, right? And then what happens just after the semiconductor bill gets passed and she now makes a fortune from it. Now there was one of the wild card for the race for prime minister. There was a lady called Kemi Badenoch. And look, I don't know anything about her. I looked into her a little bit. I read up maybe 20 minutes on her, but I don't know anything about her. I've got to say that. But one thing I did find interesting is that you have all this constant uh, push, push, push for, you know, equality and anti-racism and having, you know, more equality in all these leadership roles, etc. Well, in her, you had, I, I believe, a really positive candidate there, someone that wasn't part of the WEF, someone that's anti-woke, someone that campaigns against a lot of the stuff that we don't like. And she is a black female. Okay, so you would think, oh, this is a perfect candidate. This would be great to push someone like that into a leadership role. No, no, they didn't. In fact, there was a lot of campaigning against her, a lot of nasty things said about her. And you think, well, that, wh why would they do that? If, if it was genuine, if they genuinely want to push people of different race and, and color into roles, why would they not really push for her? And the reason why is because she was somewhat anti-establishment with what's going on with the, the media right now and all these pushing for, you know, wokeism. And although I don't know a lot about her policies and what she would have stood for, there was one thing that she said, which I agreed with straight away. And she said she doesn't want to raise taxes on the people. Instead, what she wants to do is cut down the government so she was saying the government's too big, it's very inefficient, we've got all these, you know, all this spending that we don't need. That's what she wanted to focus on. And to me, without knowing anything else about her, if that is true, then she seems like she would have been a great candidate for it. All the things Rishi said was just what he's been doing already and look where it's got us. It hasn't got us anywhere good. And Liz Truss is extremely, extremely aggressive. You can see that when the debate was on and she was just attacking Rishi nonstop. Anything he said, she would just attack it. So if she was willing to act like that on a debate, what do you think she will do if she becomes the next prime minister? Now, as I've said from what, since all this started, I think Rishi is probably going to be the one to do it. The other person I thought was Ben Wallace. I thought he might get it, but he dropped out very, very quickly, which means we're left with Rishi and Liz Truss. Now let's go over to America, back to America, should I say, for a couple of points then. Biden's been in the news again this week for wanting to fast track uh, a new spending bill on climate change. So he's declaring it 
somewhat of a climate emergency and he doesn't feel as though Congress is passing all these measures fast enough. Of course, Biden is another person who loves the WEF. And again, someone got really upset and said, no, he isn't. He's nothing to do with them, doesn't even know them. He's at their meetings. He sat front and center with his wife at these WEF meetings. Of course, he's part of the WEF. I mean, I don't even know where these comments come from. So let me read out what he said then. Oh, we've got some noisy seagulls behind. Let me, uh, let me read out what he said. Since Congress is not acting as it should, this is an emergency and I will look at it that way. In the coming days, my administration will announce the executive actions we've developed to combat this emergency. So what does that mean? Pretty much more spending, more government spending, when we've already got very high inflation. If he's going to be spending on infrastructure and the like, that's both positive and negative for the economy. It's positive because it will create new jobs, meaning people have got money, but it's negative because it will expand the currency supply or the monetary supply, because all of that money will be created from uh, via the Federal Reserve, and then it will be pumped into the economy via paying infrastructure and companies like that. And what about the uh, Democrat arrest this week? What a joke that was. Surely no one believes that was genuine. As soon as I saw that, I said, that is just fake. They haven't even got real handcuffs on. They're just putting their hands behind their backs. I think that was pretty obvious. And it's ironic seeing that, you know, it said some of the headlines about it. Oh, Democrats, you know, aggressively arrested. There was no aggression at all. And yet you have other people peacefully protesting and they're getting sprayed with mace or they're getting, you know, thrown to the ground and things like that. The world really is upside down now. We've talked about this a lot. The world is upside down. What's right is now wrong and what's wrong is now right. And we've got jobless claims rising slightly as well in the US now. I think this is six weeks on the trot. Uh, jobless claims have been rising. And we've also got as well uh, an issue, another issue in California. I think there's about 70,000 truckers at the moment who have pretty much lost their job or lost their right to work because they don't want to be employees. They want to be self-employed, have their own businesses. But because California is pushing for everyone to be unionized, these truckers now are in a very, very difficult situation where they are legally not permitted to work unless they are uh, part of an organization, part of a union, part of a company. So it's no surprise really that you've got all of these trucks, secondhand used trucks hitting the market at the moment because a lot of people are probably just saying, you know what, I'm just gonna leave. It's not worth all the hassle right now. All right, let's end the video on two or three funny stories then. So number one, Wales which is a country next to England, for those of you who live outside the UK, is now enforcing 20 mile per hour speed limits in order to combat climate change. Now, it's not countrywide, it's certain areas. There's probably about eight areas at the moment that they are enforcing this 20 miles per hour speed limit. Goodness me. I don't know if you've ever been on these motorways where they have these really slow speed limits and you feel like you're going in slow motion and then you're going for miles, sometimes five miles, and then you go, where's the construction? There's no one here. And then there's like one man with a spade at the end of it. And you think well, that one man with the spade has caused huge amounts of lost time and lost productivity for tens of thousands of people going by. All right, I wanna read out my favorite story that's been doing the rounds this week. Blind 
bisexual and polyamorous goose involved in love triangle dies. Now, you might think this is a, uh, a joke. This is actually genuine. It's a real story. BBC, how one blind bisexual bird became an icon. These are actual real stories. It isn't a joke. This is completely genuine. And then finally, another one involving uh, <clears throat> what we were talking about last week. Your blood thickens and then clots. What extreme heat can do to your body. They then changed this article from that to and how to stay safe. Now, I thought this was interesting because as many of you know, I served in the army, I served in Afghanistan, and sometimes the tents would get up to the mid 50 degrees Celsius. You could have 54, 55 degrees Celsius. And hold on, let me just see what that is in Fahrenheit. Okay, that's 130 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'd never heard of anyone's blood clotting at those temperatures. So to now have 38, 39, sometimes 40 degrees Celsius, which is about 105 degrees Fahrenheit. All of a sudden, people's blood clotting. I just don't buy it. I think there might be something else going on there. All right, well, I think I'll wrap it up there then. I'm not sure when the next video will be coming out. I'm gonna take this break, as I mentioned, see how I feel. But um, yeah, I do, I do wanna thank you, or, or, or all of you um, subscribers. I wanna thank you for watching all of my videos. I really appreciate you. Um, I'm not sure what else to say apart from that at the moment, but uh, take care. God bless you. God bless your families and your communities. And I'll see you again very soon. All right, take care.